Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamar Glory. It's coming back. Hey guys, welcome back to the 16th episode of the In The Stand Show. Today we're going to have a look at my 2023 AFL season predictions and have a look at the latest Socceroos news. The AFL 2023 season kicks off in just under two weeks, so let's have a look at some of my ladder predictions for this coming season. In last place in my prediction, I have the West Coast Eagles. Last year they had a pretty poor season. And they came 17th, only winning just the two games. They've lost three key players in Josh Kennedy, Jack Redding to retirement, and Junior Rioli to Port Adelaide. They've only brought in Jane Hunt from Melbourne, and I don't think he can develop into a player that can be that superstar for the Eagles. I think they're really going to struggle this year, and I think they're going to have to rely on new draftees to get their wins, and it's going to be extremely tough for them, and... That's why I've got them as the wooden spooners for this year. In 17th position, in my predictions, I have GWS. GWS have brought in new coach Adam Kingsley, and he's looking for a fresh and a new start. New captain and a young squad. Toby Green's going to have to lead this team so well, and giving Toby Green the captaincy, Kingsley's got a got a lot um got a lot of hope in him and got a lot of trust in him to lead the boys and. There's a lot of hope for the team as well. Um, I I think they can progress up the ladder, but it, it's going to be real tough for them. They've they've taken a tough hit this trade period, losing some of their most experienced and their most key players. They lost Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper to the Tigers, and losing those two players that's gonna that's gonna really hurt, especially Taranto. He's been around for ages, and uh, he runs that midfield at GWS, and um, he gets him he gets the ball out and. They've also lost Bobby Hill to the Pies, and that, and that one's going to sting for them. Uh, Bobby Hill, you know, versatile, small, small uh, forward. He's going to help them help the Pies out a lot, uh, and and it's going to be a huge loss for for the Giants, and also Tanner Bruin to the Cats, and they're only bring, bringing in Toby Bedford from the trade period. So, quite a trade period bringing in players, but lost a lot. Um, Kingsley's going to be relying on a lot of those draftees to step up and. They've also picked up number one, the, the number one draft picked in Aaron Cadman. And Toby Green has got to lead this young side so well and be a great leader and, and not get too out of hand. Um, they've got a young side and he's got to lead by example. And I, I see them coming 17th. 16th on my ladder is Hawthorne. The Hawks have lost a lot of key players this year and it's hard to see him bounce back and uh, get, in, get into the top eight and become a top eight side. They've lost a lot of real key players and a lot of long-standing players in Jack Gunston, 
Tom Mitchell and Jago O'Meara, especially Tom Mitchell and O'Meara, they run that midfield at the Hawks, and and um, it's it's very vital for them to be at the club, and also losing Jack Gunston, um, one of their tallest forwards, and a player that's been around for ages, won all the premierships at the Hawks, and he's off to Bridgie uh, to probably win another premiership, and they've only brought in the likes of Carl Amon, Lord Meek, and Cooper Stevens, and I don't think they're up to a top eight level by the looks of it, Sam Mitchell's looking to more of a rebuild, rebuild side with the Hawks, they've got a a lot of a lot of young players. Jai Newcomb's gonna have to step up this year, and I think he's gonna do really well. And um, but the Hawks are gonna struggle this year. A lot of players have lost, but I reckon they can develop in the future, and and that's what I think Sam Mitchell's going for. In fifteenth for my ladder, I've got the North Melbourne Kangaroos. The Kangas are looking for a new start with new coach Alistair Clarkson. Clarkson's brought in some young guns and some well-known players like Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker. And they've also lost the number, their former number one draft pick, Jason Horn Francis. Clarkson has brought in some of the hottest talents with the likes of gun goal kicker Harry Sheasel and George Wardlow. Especially Harry Sheasel. He he was so good last year for Sandringham and got them that premiership. And and having him in an AFL side, he looks AFL ready already. He kicked a couple goals against Richmond in the Pracky match. And it's something that I think North Melbourne need in the forward line. Um, him and Nick Larky working together, it's gonna gonna make them great. Um, kick goals, and they've got someone to kick to in the forward line, and not having to rotate um, Todd Goldstein in the forward line too much. But I reckon Harry Cheese was gonna have a great year and great pickup by Clarkson in the preseason. They didn't look too bad, and it'd be good from a footy fan's perspective to see them win a couple games because over the past years haven't won much and they haven't won many games at all. But I do think they look really strong in the forward line. And uh, Harry Shizu and Nick Larky will lead that. 14th, I've got Essendon under Brad Scott looking for a new start as they've had no success in the coming years. They brought in Wiedemann, Setterfield and lost Aaron Francis from the back line. I don't see these trades helping them too much. Um, especially Wiedemann. They've, I think they're looking for the height with him and Peter Wright. Um, they can rotate Wiedemann and Peter Wright as much as they like and have one in the forward line, one in the ruck, and, and that's just going to annoy um, the opposing teams. But that that height's going to be real fundamental. And if they have two players up top uh, in the forward line with um, Peter Wright and Wiedemann, it's going to help him a lot, and I think that's what Scott's looking for. Um, I can't see him doing too well. Might have to wait a couple more years, and I think they're looking to build a stronger team up in the coming years. 13th, I've got St Kilda, new coach Ross Lyon, they've only brought in Zane Cordy and they've lost Ben Long who at the end of last year looked real strong, um, he's showed, shown real good signs off off the back line and um, in the midfield but he found a lot of his time playing in the VFL and I think that's why he left St Kilda, he wanted game time and he wanted to be in a real successful team, a team not having to go through rebuild stages every couple of years, looking for new leadership. Maybe they've got potential to make the finals in the future, but this year's just looking for, looking to be like a stepping stone for them. Um, I don't think they're worrying about top eight at all. I think they're just worrying about improving as a team. And I think they're going to be worrying about playing as a team because 
over the past few years, they just play and you don't really see any team aspect in the St Kilda footy club and I think that's what the, um, that's why they brought in Ross Lyon and, and uh, he's someone that can definitely help with that. He's made the granny a couple of times um, with different clubs and I, I think that's going to help St Kilda a lot. A big call here, I've got the Western Bulldogs coming 12th. They can finish top eight, but and they can they could definitely push to become a top four side, but they've got a lot of potential and I don't think they will make the top eight. They lost a lot of players in Dunkley, Shaki, Cordy and Hunter. Josh Dunkley was good last year. He played in the forward line more than midfield and Lockie Hunter left as well. Shaki's left and they've lost um lost some midfield players in there. They brought in uh Rory Lobb. And Liam Jones, they're real tall players, and I think that's the idea um, they're looking for. They're looking for a uh, a tall side uh, all around their pitch. You've got Norton, now Lob, Liam Jones. They're a really tall side, and I think that's what they're going for. And I think that's what's gonna win them some games this year. They're probably gonna finish higher than twelfth, um, but I think they've passed their prime, and I think they're gonna. Look to rebuild in just certain areas and parts of the field. Uh, but they'll be alright this year. They probably will finish higher than 12th. Uh, but I've got them at 12th. In 11th, I've got Adelaide. They'll probably be mid-pack, maybe 10 wins just outside the 8. That's why I've got them 11th. They lost a bunch of close games last year and they were hugely competitive against good teams. This showed in the Collingwood match when we played them at Adelaide over and it was a bit rainy. Um... They could, they could stay with us, and uh, they've definitely got potential in that side, and they've brought in the likes of Isaac Rankin in the midfield, and that's going to help a lot, especially in that Collingwood-Adelaide game where they probably should have won. Um, a player like Isaac Rankin, he'd win you that game. Getting the ball, ball out of that midfield and kicking goals, that's exactly what Adelaide need. One player that they've lost that nobody's really talking about, Billy Frampton, he's headed over to the Pies, uh, as a backman, he's really tall, 202 centimetres, and um, a player that they just let go for pretty much nothing. Uh, he he looks really good for Collingwood. He's off the back line, and he's playing um, playing with Darcy Moore, and he's learning from them, and uh, giving up a player like that is probably going to bite them, bite them in the backside and uh, a bit. Uh, Billy Frampton, he's tall, and he can take big marks against any opponent, in the Collingwood-Carlton game, he was up against Mackay and Kerno. Um, so he's gaining experience and as a player that they probably let go for nothing and probably going to bite him soon. But give it a year or two, I reckon they'll be playing finals footy. Now, one of the biggest calls on the show today and it's probably going to get a lot of fans upset. Carlton, I've got them 10th. Watching them play in the Pracky matches, they just look to hit to Kerno and Mackay and they rely on them too much and it's going to let them down. This showed in uh, the Collingwood, um, the Collingwood Carlton match in, in the last round where it was do or die for them, and uh, they got knocked out and didn't make the finals. They just hit to Kerno Mackay. They can hit to them, but it's the matter of them kicking straight, and they're just relying on him them to kick straight, and that's pretty much it. Their ball movement around the ground looks really good, off the back line and in the midfield. The way they play wide's really good, and um. I, I just don't think Noah Mackay is going to step up for them this year. They brought in Blake Akers, but they've got a lot of pressure on them. Um, a lot of their fans want them to see them make the top eight and, and uh, don't think they're going to do that well. 
Uh, in ninth, I've got Gold Coast. As much as I hope they make the eight, I don't think they will. Over the years, they've been building a really strong side. They brought in Tom Berry and Ben Long, and I think Ben Long heading to Gold Coast is going to be great for them. He's a player that can pretty much play anywhere on the ground. You can play him off the back line, you can play him in the midfield, or you can play him um, in the forward line. And uh, I think he's going to kill it at um, Gold Coast. And, you know, they're a team that's definitely thinking about finals and knocking on the door and potentially being that eight. They're good enough to finish in the top eight, but I, I just don't think they will. Um, but that wraps up the first half of my AFL predictions. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. This is Mindy Mon You're listening to Radio Karam. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street For a coffee and something nice to eat Yeah, the pizzas are great In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram in Station Street Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Karam, local community radio. Welcome back 
to the Instant Show. And now we're going to have a look at my top eight for the AFL 2023 predictions. In eighth, I've got Port Adelaide. They've brought in Jason Horn Francis, who was last year's number one draft pick and didn't fit in with North Melbourne and um, is looking for a fresh start back home where he wanted to be at Port Adelaide. And let's see how he goes. And uh, he wanted this and I think it's going to be a great move for him. Um, he looks really comfortable there and uh, in the side as well, and uh, I, th- I think he's going to do real well. Also, they've brought in Junior Rioli, and uh, I think he's going to be uh, good good for them as well. Also, um, they've lost Robbie Gray to retirement, and it's going to hurt him. That's probably where Horn Francis is going to replace them in the midfield. But their best is really good. If they play their best footy all year round, they can definitely be... Uh, around sixth or fifth, but they they can miss finals if they play bad footy. So it's it's really difficult to predict um, how they're going to perform, uh, Port Adelaide, and they're really strong in Adelaide. And I think that's where they're going to win majority of their matches. Um, but yeah, I've got them. I've got them eighth on the ladder. In seventh, I've got Fremantle. Brought in the likes of Luke Jackson and Jago O'Meara. I think Luke Jackson will be replacing Rory Lobb in that Ruckman position, and I think, again, that's what he wanted, Um, he wanted to be that full-time Ruckman, he couldn't get that in Melbourne, where he was pretty much just Max Gorn's backup, and uh, a player definitely doesn't want to be just that backup player, and um, he didn't get that, get those minutes in the Ruck, ruck as he wanted, he was stuck in the forward line, and I think at Fremantle, he's going to get his full-time Ruck position, and um, I think he'll perform real well, also, next to him will be Jago Mira, and I think, him in the midfield is going to kill it. Um, now Fremantle, they're a really strong side. Many have tipped them to be in the top four. I've got them seventh. They had a strong year last year, losing to Collingwood in the semi-final, but I think they'll continue to progress in the finals this year. In sixth, I've got Sydney. Had a really, really strong year last year. Made the grand final. As my perspective as a Collingwood fan, I think they got lucky to make the granny. Um, just scraping over the edge in the end, but in the final, grand final, they didn't show up at all, uh, they brought in um, Aaron Francis, and it'll be interesting to see his contribution to the runners-up, they've got a young side, and I think losing that grand final is really going to put them off, and be stuck in their head, and, and always relate back to losing the grand final, that's why I've got them sixth, in fifth, I've got Richmond, many people have tipped them to be top four, I don't think so. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be a really hard jump to come from out of the eight into the into the top eight and um into the top four is gonna be really tough and uh let, let's see how it goes. I think the introduction of Hopper and Tim Taranto is a bit overhyped. Um, yeah, they're really good players, but let's see how they perform. Not at GWS anymore. They're at Richmond. They've got a lot of pressure on them. Everyone's looking at Richmond. All they get huge crowds for games. Their first match is against Carlton, and it's going to be chockers at the MCG. So it, it's it's going to be a real wake up call for Hopper and Taranto. And I don't know if they're going to live up to that hype that uh, every Richmond fans expects and a lot of footy fans expects. So I, they can be a top four side when they play their best footy as well. I I can't see them missing their finals. I reckon they're too good to miss finals. So I've got them fifth. In fourth, I've got Collingwood. I go for Collingwood, and I think we look really, really good this year. I hope we don't go back to winning 20 close games again because, 
yeah, it's very panicky as a Collingwood fan. But we look much different from last year. Uh, maybe it's just the practice matches, but we're using the wing a lot. We haven't used the middle of the ground a lot, especially against Carlton. All we did was go wide, wide, wide. I don't know if that's a strategy for Craig McRae to maybe think teams we're going to go, tell teams that we're going to go wide. Um, but using the middle, we didn't use it at all. Um, but we look really, really strong with new recruits. Dan McStay, one, I think this is going to be one of the best recruits of the year. Uh, it's something that Collingwood needs. Collingwood needs that tall, tall forward um, that's gonna. That's if they put a ball in the fifty. That's gonna. That's gonna go up, and take marks. And now they can rotate Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox in the forward as well. So there's another tall forward, and then also you've got Brody Myacek in there as well. So that's three tall forwards um, they can work with. Uh, just having two or maybe one last year, uh, it's really gonna help them. Also, bringing Billy Frampton's gonna help the Pies a lot. Um, his introduction in the back line is going to definitely help uh, the workload of Darcy Moore um, and Jeremy Howe because now we've got that other tall, tall backman. If we needed to, we, we were playing Jeremy Howe or a smaller player on players like Mackay and then um, Darcy Moore would have to shift over to Kerner and now we've got equal matchups and that's going to help us a lot in the back line. I think the new recruits is um, <laughs> a new style for Collingwood because... For the past few years, we don't really pick up many plays in the trade period. We get them from the draft and we keep them. Um, so it's good to see Craig McRae getting more players and also bringing in Bobby Hill, who's going to have to battle for that small forward position against Jamie Elliott and Jack Inovan. But I think the Pies can do really well this year. I've got them fourth and uh, let's hope they win the granny. In third, I've got Melbourne. They have depth. They'll, they'll be really, really hungry this year. And uh, they, they know it's not easy to win. Um, they've got probably three, four, five years to win win a grand final, and I think they will. Um, they brought in Brody Grundy from Collingwood. They brought in Josh Shackey from the Western Bulldogs and Lockie Hunter from the Western Bulldogs. Losing Jaden Hunt, Luke Jackson, Toby Bedford, and Wiedemann. They're going to be real hungry this year. They went out last year in straight sets, and um, their side looks good, especially Brody Grundy. I think that Grundy pickup for Melbourne is going to help them. Um, I don't think him as in in the Collingwood system under Craig McRae was working. Uh, so I think I think with Melbourne he's going to transition to a better player. In second, I've got the reigning premiers, the Geelong Cats. They've been at their they've been the best club season to season. Their consistency is quite amazing. Bringing the likes of Bruin, Bowes, and Ollie Henry. These recruits are definitely going to help them progress, and I think they can definitely be in the grand final again this year. In first, I've got the Brisbane Lions. Their squad and their squad depth is incredible. They've brought in Will Ashcroft, who's got all the hype behind him, and and I think he's going to be one of the again another great pickup from the draft this year. Um, also bringing in Jack Gunston and Josh Dunkley from the Western Bulldogs. Their midfield, their forward line, their back line, it looks so good and. And I think they're the team to beat at the Gabba. Nobody can beat them. It's just a matter on how they play at the G. And if they play well and break that so infamous curse of not winning at the MCG, I think they're the team to beat and probably got the highest chance of winning the flag. That wraps up all my AFL ladder predictions. I hope you enjoyed. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. (laughs) 
Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. Uh, Mark, it's Witch from Spiderbait here. Uh, are, are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Uh, are you are you talking to me? No, what I said is, are you talking to me? <laughs> well, I'm the only one here, so who the hell are you talking to? Are you talking to me? <laughs> Listen in every Thursday night at 6pm. Welcome back to the In The Sea Show, and now we've shifted our attention over to the latest Socceroos news, where three months after the Socceroos' best World Cup campaign, the majority of the Australian squad who competed in Qatar will return for a two-game welcome home series against Ecuador in Sydney on March the 24th and in Melbourne in Marvel Stadium on March the 28th, with almost all of the players immediately returning to their respective clubs around the world following their round of 16 defeat to eventual winners Argentina. This will be their first opportunity for the Australian-based fans who flock to live sites around the country to celebrate the Socceroos' achievements uh, will be able to watch the Aussies play. But while the series against the nation ranked 41 in the world is primarily designed to acknowledge the 26 players who made history last year, it's also the first international window of Graham Arnold's next four-year cycle after his Qatar campaign, where he was awarded a a contract extension. I hope everyone gets down to Marvel because that match is going to be great and it's going to be so good to see the Aussie players play in Melbourne and and show, show what they've got. But that wraps up the In The Sand Show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Gulhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a...